We are going live on YouTube and Rockfin. So we are live now. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Micah Dank. Last name is spelled D-A-N-K. And he reached out to me to talk about his views on decoding the Bible. Really, I've, I've uh, titled this talk, Is There an Astrological Cipher That Decodes Every Ancient Text? And he's written, I think now, nine or ten books he's written in a series and he's covered a variety of different subjects you can see his website if you're watching on youtube or rockfin but he's definitely done his homework i've actually seen his name around on other shows that kind of in the alternate alternate media so uh i'm glad he reached out to me so micah dank welcome to the show thank you for having me i appreciate it and i understand that you being a christian um this might be uh, a little controversial especially for your audience um I am just presenting what I found. You guys do with it what you will. Um, I've done about 800. I've, in the last three years, I've done about 800 podcasts wow, um, on other people's channels. I'm not even talking about mine um, to share this information. Um, now, how this is going to be broken down is if you scroll down on my website a little bit. Stop. Go up. Right there. Right there. Stop. 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 Okay. No, no. Up a little. Okay. Stop. You see the first video? Okay. That says the truth at the beginning of yeah. time, not that one. The second one. That is what we're going to do. We're going to do the first half of that. And okay. if you find this interesting enough, you don't have to play it, but if you find this interesting enough, um, we'll do the second half. Okay. Um, and then I have a second video. Um, basically, to make my case, I need two videos uh, okay. that I've made. Uh, and it's those two in order right there. The first one, the truth since the beginning of time. My website is debunkmywork.com. Now, I've been all over the place. I've interviewed with Christians. I've interviewed with uh, Jews. I've interviewed with all sorts of people, um, atheists even. Uh, well, not so much atheists, to be honest with you. Um, I find them to be a little reactionary, atheism. Um, but what I, what I was going to say is those two videos right there is all I need to make the point. Um, right. And what we're going to do is we're going to do the first half of the first video, and then the one that says the last 6,000 years of holy books. Once I show you how the Bible works, we're going to leave the Bible and we're going to go and we're going to do uh, the Sumerians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the, um, the Gnostic texts. Um, and I'm going to show you how this is embedded into everything. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, beautiful. So shall I share my screen? If you'd like to, yeah, you can. I mean, I, the problem is, is that the sound may not come through. Oh, I've I never have... had that problem before. Okay, well, I just have a earbud on. That's why. So, do you want to play the videos with sound? No, you don't have to play the video. I'm gonna do it okay. live. Okay, cool. Please continue. Okay. So all you gotta do is first of all, can you see this? Yes. Okay. Now understand, everyone, that the, I've been studying this for about thirty years. I've studied the Bible for thirty years, esotericism and the occult. For 20 years the occult by the way the word occult is a latin word all and it translates to the word hidden that's all occult means it's not evil it's just hidden knowledge hidden information um and i've studied this topic is called astro theology it's the mythology of the zodiac and i'm going to show you how it permeates through everything so i start by saying the first slide employ your time in improving yourself by other men's writings so that you shall come easily by what others have labored hard for, that's Socrates. And that's basically a nice way of saying that I've put all this work into it, and I've narrowed it down to about 
maybe three, four hours worth of, of information to make the case. Now, my website is called Debunk My Work for a reason. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, but the reason it's Debunk My Work is because out of the 800 podcasts that I've done in the last three years, the nine books that I have uh, had published by my publishing house and everything, um, not a single Christian has come on my channel to debate me or debunk me. Uh, I haven't so much as gotten an email um, with any argument. Uh, and I've never even received a death threat, ever. And I've been doing this controversial thing for four years. So hence, I titled it that way. So let me show you this slide real quick. This is the Holy Bible. The scriptures are made up of sciences. They're called metaphysical, astrological. That's what I teach. That's what I've studied 12 years to bring to you. Each one of these sciences takes that long, if not longer, to fully understand how the Bible is encoded. Anatomical alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. It's also an etnology, a gematria, and a numerology, and a psychedelic book. There's 11 holy sciences, 11 being a master number in numerology, by the way. There's 11 holy sciences in the Bible. The Bible is not literal, it's not historical, it's not reality, and it's not original, and we're going to make that case. So what I'm going to show you here right here is the zodiac. This is going to be our go-to for everything. Now, with Cancer at the top and Capricorn at the bottom, this is how the Zodiac wheel should look, because this is how it is. Cancer at the top, that's the that's the beginning of summer. Capricorn at the bottom, or technically the end of Sagittarius, that's the beginning of winter. And this is the Zodiac wheel. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain each one of these 12 signs to you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the mythology behind it. And then I'm going to give you keywords that relate to each one of these signs that you will sit there and go, yeah, these keywords make sense. I see how they could be related to that. Then I'm going to use that list of keywords to decode all these all these ancient sciences. And what you're going to find is that as these words are placed throughout the Bible, as you go book by book, and that's what I do. I go book by book, okay? The Bible, book by book, um, as you find these keywords, they make patterns in the heaven. And it's, it's, it's the way it's done. And the reason, and, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but Astrotheology or astrology goes back to something called the Lascaux Caves, which is about 17,000 to 40,000 years ago. That's a range. Here you see an article saying the Lascaux Cave painting 17,000 years ago. Um, and then on the right, you see the world's oldest cave paintings show humans understood complex astronomy 40,000 years ago. Okay. So now what I wanted to let you know is, is that the first thing that Christians are going to say to me is, is that, well, let, let me go to this slide first. So the Lascaux Caves are these caves that are in France, in Lascaux, France. That's why they're called the Lascaux Caves. It's nothing, uh, there's nothing like special about the name. What happened was, much like the boy that went into the cave to find the Dead Sea Scrolls, these people went to the Lascaux Caves, these teenagers, and when they went in, they saw things like this on the wall. They, and on the top, you see the bull. On the right, you see the lion. And on the bottom, you see the horse. Now, they realized that the bull was Taurus, the bull, the lion was Leo, the lion, and the horse is Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow on it. So what they did was they called in some people, and then they called some people, and then some scientists came in. And what they did was they carbon dated this wall. And here's where Christians are going to tell me that carbon dating is inaccurate. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say you're right. Carbon dating is inaccurate. To say that something is millions of years old just based on carbon dating is absolutely nonsense. However, carbon dating has been shown to be accurate up to 50,000 years. 
up to 50,000 years, it is shown to be accurate. I will grant you the rest, that anything beyond that is ridiculous. So this came out to about 17,000 years. So the next step they did was they called in an astrologer and an astronomer with a computer because we have the technology to do what I'm about to tell you. And what they did was they noticed these constellations, right, these, these zodiac signs. What they did was they rewound the sky back 17,000 years to match up with when they were put on the wall. And when they printed out what the stars looked like and they superimposed it on the cave, all the constellations lined up. So they've known this for about 17,000 years. This survived the Ice Age. This survived all of that. Now. Gotcha. Lasco, but for people who don't know, spelled L-A-S-C-A-U-X. And it's kind of central, south, western France. So. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Okay, so. There's questions you can ask about the Bible. These are stereotypical questions that an atheist would ask. How Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? And I'm going to explain to you how that's all astrology. Now, Genesis 1.14 says, let lights appear in the sky. To separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. That's what this basically is. And I'm going to make the case that the Bible is an encoded astrology book that is basically a farmer's almanac. And I'm going to touch a base on that later. But this is basically an encoded ancient farmer's almanac. So, now each zodiac sign is called a house, or an era, or an eon, or a sign. There are many words for it. Those are just a couple. So, Let's start with Aquarius. Even though technically the year starts in Aries, I start with Aquarius. The first sign I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. So technically Aries begins the year in the, uh, in the agricultural year. The ancient Jews and the ancient Christians began the year in Aries in springtime. Uh, further back, the Egyptians started it in Virgo which I'll touch base on in the second half. This goes back to the story of Zeus and the young boy. So the story of Aquarius is something like this. Zeus saw a 14-year-old, I'm sorry, he saw a 14-year-old young boy on earth that he wanted in heaven. And what he did was he bargained with the boy's father because the boy's father didn't want to let him go. And he bargained with the boy's father and brought him up to heaven. While he was in heaven, he was feeding the gods out of this water pitcher, something called ambrosia. You're familiar with that, right? Mm, ambrosia, it's food of the gods, right? Food of the gods, exactly. So this is where he, he feed them this. He's doing this day in and day out, and he gets fed up with it. So one day he goes to the side of heaven, like in this picture, goes to the side of heaven and pours the ambrosia out onto earth, which causes a great flood. This is where the Greeks get their great flood story from. Gotcha. Zeus, who's an actually an angry god, um, he was very sexual, very angry. He didn't really have control of himself very much in a rare form, was going to punish the boy, but realized that he, he kind of brought this boy up to heaven and he shouldn't have. Uh, so instead, he immortalizes him as the constellation Aquarius. So that's the story of Aquarius. So there's keywords in Aquarius, son of man and man, because Aquarius is the sign of the man, whereas Virgo is the sign of the virgin, the woman. Baptism, because this is how you baptize someone. Literally how you baptize someone. Water pitcher, because this is a water pitcher. 
fountain, because this is how the Greek fountains were done back in the day. Stream, river, pond, lake, ocean, sea, water bodies, things of that nature. Now, Aquarius, this is a little deeper astrology, but Aquarius is actually an air sign. However, it's not a water sign. However, because there's water in this picture, they used it to depict water. Now, Pisces is the next sign, which is the two fish in the water. Um, so it has all the water uh, names, uh, stream, river, pond, lakes, the ocean, same thing. Um, the way that you discover whether it's Aquarius water or Pisces water depends on the patterns that it'll make, which I will go into, I promise. So Pisces and Aquarius are both technically water signs. Whereas Pisces is actually a mutable sign, which means water. Now, Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. Okay? There's also three different kinds of Passovers that occur in Aries. You have the ancient one, which is the astrological Passover, because on March 21st, the sun's going to pass over the equator and start to make its way to its height in the summer solstice. Summer. Days get longer, things of that nature. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and it becomes the resurrection of God's son. Then in Judaism, uh, you have the Jewish Passover, which is when the angel of death passes over the houses. And anyone that doesn't have the lamb's blood, again, a lamb is a baby ram, by the way, a lamb's blood smeared on their doorpost to identify that they're the Jews who are the people of the age of Aries their firstborn sons get killed if they don't have that blood. So keywords, ram, lamb, shepherd, or ram's horn. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you see in the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, it's as above, so below, which is, again, an occult saying it's not evil. As above, so below. When you see it in the heavens, it happens on earth. You look at the sky and you see Taurus the bull. And then you know that when you see that, you have to put the plow on the bull because this is when you have to seed. Okay, so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. So the key words there are bull, ox, calf, or cow. And a cow is a female bull, incidentally, by the way. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. This is another Greek story. So the key words are twins and brothers. Then Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways moving creature. So can you see me right now? I see you, yeah. All right, let's assume this is the sun, okay? This, this round thing is the sun. Right, right. So what the sun does, in, the crab is the sideways moving creature because the sun moves sideways in Cancer. So starting on December 25th, the sun is going to rise a degree on its axis. Then on December 26th, it's going to rise an additional degree. On the 27th, an additional degree, so on and so forth. What this means is that the sun is going to stay up longer, the days are getting longer, the nights are getting shorter, it's getting warmer. When the sun hits June 21st, that's the summer solstice, it's at its height. Then June 22nd, it's not going to rise an additional degree or lower an additional degree. It's going to stay at that exact degree for three days. So from June 22nd to June 25th, it's going to stay there. Then on June 25th, it's going to lower a degree. Then on June 26th, it's going to lower another degree. And so on and so forth. Now the nights are getting longer and the days are getting shorter. And it's going to hit December 21st, which is the winter solstice, which I'll get to in Sagittarius. It's going to hit December 21st. And then it's going to stop and walk sideways for three days before it comes back to life or be born again on December 25th. So that's why it's, the, it's uh, cancer is the crab. 
is because it's a sideways moving creature. The sun shuffles sideways for three days. The crab shuffles sideways. We don't do that. We don't shuffle sideways unless we're doing like a sports drill, right? We don't right. do that. Uh, we walk forward and back. We walk diagonal. We don't shuffle side to side. That's not how we walk. The crab does that. So that's why. So in the ancient Egyptian times, it wasn't a crab. It was a beetle. It was the scarab. You even get the word crab from scarab. So you have... Uh, <clears throat> You have uh, Scarab have, had like didn't it have like resurrecting properties? It was miraculously like regenerating. Didn't, wasn't that the idea of like the holiness of the scarab back in Egypt? Yes. Yeah. It was very. Um, the beetle was worship. Uh, in fact, I get quoted a lot about Saint Augustine from the Christians, uh, and the Christians don't seem to realize that Saint Augustine had called Jesus the Good Beetle, and this is why. Right, because the beetle resurrects itself or comes from nothing or something like that, right? Yeah. <coughs> Correct. Now, Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle or the savannah, whatever you want to call it. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you hear lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. Now, here's where it starts to get a little convoluted and interesting. Hold on one sec. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. And the reason is is because when I said that you plant in Taurus, well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, or corn, feel free to look all these up, guys. These are all harvested in Virgo, in the Northern Hemisphere. That's important, we'll get to that. Now, Libra is the justice, it's the balance. The reason is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. Basically, now it's going to cross over or pass over or pass under the, um, the equator. So it's celebrated when it passes up because it's getting warmer. Everything is, is easier. Here it's being sentenced. This is why it's the judge. And you'll also find that um, they also, it's as above, so below. We do in our lives um things follow pattern this way in fact you'll find that the major stock market crashes all of them all of them the major ones happen in libra because we're being judged because they're judging us um now the jews always celebrate their new year around the fall equinox always which is um and then eight days after the jewish new year you have a day called yom kippur which is the day of judgment in Hebrew. That's what it means. Well, of course, the day of judgment happens in Libra, the judge, right? So Libra is also wine season, which is when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine here. Ask any Italian or anybody that does wine. Uh, this is when you do this, okay? So Libra is also wine season, and it's also um, you have um, law, judge, justice, the just one, Divorce, marriage, court. That's all law things, all law-related things. Wine, vineyard, wine press. These are all <coughs> wine-related things. It is also olive oil season. This is when you press the olives in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, so all, all judging, all law, all wine, and all olives. Okay? That's what I want you to take away from this. Okay. Now, Scorpio is the scorpion, and he is known as the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. 
or when it stings you, I should say. And feel free to look this up too. And it's where the mafia gets their kiss of death from. Because what happens is the scorpion would bite you and then you'd smack it off and they'd be a, a pair of lips. But the lips had poison. So it's just a deeply encoded metaphor. Okay, And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. And I'm going to make the argument that the 12 disciples represent the 12 zodiac signs and I'll link that later. Or I'll at least show you four of them. So the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. This is where the sun dies. Why? Because on December 21st, the sun is at its lowest point. It cannot rise any lower. It's dead. The ancients would look out into the sky um, and see that the sun doesn't crack the horizon on December 21st. So they would say God's sun was dead. And then just like it walks sideways like the crab in June, it's going to walk sideways here. So suddenly God's sun is dead for three days. We're on December 25th for the birth of God's son, the birth of all these ancient deities. They're all born on December 25th. This is why, because the sun comes back to life. It is born again after being dead for three days. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, or horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. And then finally, you have Capricorn here, which is the last sign, the goat. Okay, so if you look at the zodiac wheel on the right, Cancer's at the top, Capricorn's at the bottom. If you imagine a little sun and you put something like this at the very bottom of Capricorn and start to move it a degree a day, rising up, following the wheel, okay, it starts in Capricorn, which is technically uh, the goat, which is why, if you think about it, the mountain goats climb the mountain, just like the sun is going to climb up the mountain. It's just a big metaphor. So those are the 12 signs. Uh, before I get into... Um, the names for Jesus that represent this. Do you have any questions? I got a lot of questions. So, so do you think that these signs, the animals that represent that, that they are, they're already in the heavens. They're not given that designation by human beings, you know, back in prehistory or something like that. You know what um, I mean? What I can say is, for seventeen thousand years, there's only been two changes to to Western Zodiac in 17,000 years, and that was during the Egyptians. The crab was the scarab, I already mentioned that one. Right. And lion, Leo, was the sphinx. Those were the only two changes made. Since the beginning of time that we know of, they have understood these constellations, these, these random stars out there to shape these particular animals. And what I'm gonna show you is they're telling the same exact story. It's the same exact story. Gosh, so you're telling there, there's like a story in the heavens wouldn't the constellations be different depending upon which, uh, you know, hemisphere you're in? So it, it wouldn't so much be. Okay. So for example, let's go back to the, let's look at this wheel right here. Okay. Look at Taurus. It's on the, uh, it's in the middle top left, right? Right. Okay. So if you're in the Northern hemisphere, you look at Taurus and that's when you, as above, so below, see the bull and plant. Right. However, in the Southern hemisphere, you would have to find its cross sign. You go from Taurus to Scorpio, which is its opposing sign. In Scorpio, that's when you plant because the seasons are reversed in the south. Now, the reason this was done in the Northern Hemisphere is because the Egyptians, the Jews, the Babylonians, the Sumerians, the Muslims, all of them are in the Northern Hemisphere, so they use that. But you're absolutely right. It would be, it would literally be reversed for the Southern Hemisphere. So if Christianity came from like Australia, for example, instead of the Middle East, um, this would be backwards. Right. So what you're headed towards, I'm assuming, is that 
the astrology was the kind of uh, substructure for what Christianity became. So Christianity itself it's not just Christianity, is a myth. It's everything. Everything, everything is based upon astrology, right. astrological ideas. Right. Which, it would so be the sun one is the sun. So the homonym between the glowing orb is is an is a metaphor. Well, actually, it's the other way around. So the son of God is a exemplar of the sun in the sky, right? And the Correct. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're homonyms. Um, because, again, the word sun did not exist in the Bible until 1611 when the uh, King James Version came out. Gotcha. Okay, it didn't do that. Okay, this happens to just be the metaphor. And it just worked out that way. Now, let me go into names for Jesus. Now, are you a church-going person? I tried to. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm uh, religious enough. It's probably true. I try to get to church as much as possible. Yes. The reason I ask is, again, this is just what I found. This is what I've studied. This is what I've come across. I just want to make some points. So I'm going to give you some names that they give Jesus in church, and I'm going to show you how it's all astrology, okay? Okay. Okay, okay so you remember the 12 signs. You don't have to memorize everything, all the keywords and all the 12 signs, because I will reinforce them throughout this hour. Okay, you don't have to memorize them, but you just have to be familiar. Like, oh, yeah, he did say that. That's all I need from you. Okay. 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 Now, when the sun is in Capricorn, which is the sign of the goat, Jesus is called the scapegoat of Israel. When the sign is a, sun is in Aquarius, he is known as the son of man, the man sign in Aquarius. When the sun is in Pisces, or Jesus is in Pisces, the two fish, he is the fisherman of men. Also why he could feed the masses with two fish. He is the Lamb of God, or the Ram or the Lamb in Aries, also known as the Good Shepherd. In Cancer, the Scarab, St. Augustine called Jesus the Good Beetle. In Leo the Lion, he is called the Lion of Judah. The Lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he is born of a virgin, and he is called the Bread of Life. Libra is the Scales of Justice, he is known as the Just One. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio with the kiss, just like the Scorpion. He dies in Sagittarius. The last day of Sagittarius is December 25th, 21st. And it's also why he's worshipped on the Sun Day. See, the Christians moved the day of um, worship to the Sun Day for that reason. Whereas the Jews are Saturnalia and Saturn-based religion, which is why they worship on the Saturn Day or the Saturn Day. It all follows suit. Now, I want you to look at this picture on the left of Jesus. Would you agree this is a stereotypical uh, image that I pulled yeah, off? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. It's, Catholic. it's Catholic in nature, yeah. Let me explain this picture to you. The sun is always behind his head because he represents the sun. When you start looking up pictures of Jesus on the internet, you will not find a single picture of him, baby or adult, where the sun is not behind his head. Now, the two fingers up, like what I'm doing right here, this is an ancient Kemetic peace sign. This is the ancient Egyptian peace sign. This that we know is peace, the John Lennon peace sign. Right. No, no, no. That's not a peace sign. This is a war sign. See, the fingers are separate. Okay, this right. is actually Churchill's V for victory sign. That's where it comes from. This is the peace sign. So whenever you see Jesus doing this, or you see Baphomet doing this, or you see any of these Buddha doing this, or any of them doing this, they're telling you that they're coming peacefully. Now, but isn't white, that also like if you see the Baphomet, isn't it the sign of Typhon? Like I think in the occult. Oh, I get into Baphomet in the second half. Okay, okay, okay. I get into Baphomet in the second half. I explain it. It's basically it's a hermaphrodite. It's basically the merging of the male and the female energies. It's the same thing as the uh, the Jewish Star of David. You have the uh, 
the phallus and you have the womb. It's basically, you put them together. It's a hermaphrodite. It's the divine feminine and the masculine. Now, the white Jesus picture that you see, the stereotypical face, the face of Jesus now, is actually a guy, a real guy, named Caesar Borgia, who was the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. See, a big secret that the church doesn't want you to know is that popes and cardinals and them, they have kids. They do. They just... It's um, worse than that. Some of the old, you know, Borgians and uh, people from back in Florence were like flat out sybarites you know they were having orgies and all kinds of oh yeah that, that's still, that's still, it was a political still. office it was a political certainly it's is kind of probably still right but back then it was they were financed by the medicis and things like right that. now caesar borgia is the son of rodrigo borgia who brought his way to the papacy as pope alexander the sixth he's part of the borgia illuminati family he's one of the 13 families now the interesting thing happened is, is that and, and caesar borgia was an awful person and this is the face of christ Caesar Borgia killed his brother and slept with his sister in his life. That's what he did, among having children. Among other things, right, yeah. Among other things, yeah. right? But his mm -hmm. is the face. And the reason his is the face is because prior to, to Rodrigo Borgia becoming the Pope, the printing press came out about 80 years before. So they were able to mass produce pictures of his face. I'll show you something in a minute about that. Now, the crown of thorns around the heart, and the heart is always on the outside, right? Would you agree the heart is always on the outside? The crown of thorns represents the rays of the sun. So Jesus being the sun, the crown of thorns are its rays. The heart outside the body represents the human toroidal field or the torus field. Gotcha. Now, the other thing, too, is do you remember how at the beginning I told you the Bible is also an alchemical book? Yeah, among okay. other things, right? Among other things, right? Eleven holy sciences. Well, notice how Jesus is always wearing white and red. He's always wearing white and red. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because in alchemy, in ancient alchemy, it's known as the marriage of the red king and the white queen, which is, in simpler terms, not to get too uh, convoluted, it's basically what happens when you mix sulfur and mercury, mercury being the red and sulfur being the white. That's the alchemical marriage. So that's why he's always wearing that, because it's an alchemy book. Now look, Jesus, 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 the sun, the sun behind his head, the sun, the sun behind his head, the hearts outside, the two fingers up, all these pictures. Now, in the second picture from the left, you'll see that there's a Knights Templar cross in it. Sometimes they do that too. But you'll always see the fingers. You'll always see the heart. The other thing you'll see in these two pictures is you'll see he has holes in his hands in the first and third picture. And actually in the fourth one too. That's actually incorrect. That is not how people were crucified back then. If I were to crucify you like this, if I were to put you up on a cross and crucify you like this, what would happen is, uh, and when you're on a cross, you die of suffocation. That's what you die of. You don't die from loss of blood. What would happen is if I nailed you to the cross like this with your hands, you, the nails would come through your hands and you would fall forward. To prevent that, they would nail you through the wrist. That's how they did it. So this is all incorrect, the fact that he has uh, holes in his hands. And if you look at baby pictures of Jesus right here, you'll see the same thing. The sun is behind his head in every single picture. You'll see Polaris, which is the North Star, in every single picture. You'll see the alchemical clothing, and you'll see the um, the animals on the left, which we'll get to in the second half, right? Those are all constellations. Now, here's the electromagnetic field of the heart. This is the toroidal field that I was talking to you about, the heart. You're in the center, and it circumvents you six feet. So, William, if someone comes up behind you, and you, you can sense that they're there, you're not a magician, you're not psychic. They just broke your toroidal field. It's actually a measurable thing. Some people call it an aura. There's different words for it. 
but it's, it goes around you six feet, which is why during the pandemic, the elites tried to keep you six feet apart because the ones at the top know this and they want you to not be able to have, feel connection with someone else. When you interact with someone, this is what it happens and it forms a vesica Pisces in the middle. Now, this is Jesus on the left, and the guy on the right is a picture of Caesar Borgia. Now, they're not exact replicas, but you could see where he gets his face from. In fact, I could have probably got a better picture of Caesar Borgia to show you. But it's important to also know that before the Shroud of Turin was discovered in 525 AD, almost all paintings and drawings of Jesus were shown as a beardless young man, which is super, super interesting. So now that I've given you the code words and we've prepped a little bit, what I want to do is I want to start um, start quoting you scripture and, and showing you how this can be interpreted astrologically. So are you familiar with the phrase pride comes before the fall? Yes. Okay, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, I believe. Can you explain that to your listeners, even though they probably already know it? I mean, just saying, like, if you're puffed up, pride, however you define pride, it keeps you from seeing things and then you, you know, come into misfortune. I would say that would be what that axiom means. So that's a good way to describe it. And that makes sense on that level, right? But astrologically, do you know what a group of lions is called? Pride. Watch this. A group of lions is called the pride. Pride is the lion. The lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. This comes before the fall. The season of the fall. Do you see how that works? I see how you think it works, yeah. No doubt, yeah. Okay. Micah 5.2, but you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, and this is why understanding, being able to read Hebrew is key, and understanding etymology, because Bethlehem is a combination of two words in Hebrew. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread, so the house of bread. Well, I told you each zodiac sign is called the house, and the house of bread would be Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk. What this is actually encoded telling you is that Micah is saying that the Savior will come from a virgin. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. Okay, good. So let me show you another one. Deuteronomy 32. There's 10 signs in this one. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So there's two that I haven't told you here. So he gave them honey. Now, in the sign Cancer, at the top of the wheel in the summer, the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster, which is where the metaphorical honey would come from. The first day of... Um, Cancer is June 21st, the summer solstice. It's the beginning of summer. Olive oil, we know that happens in Libra. That's when you do that. Um, milk from the flock. The milk comes from the Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy has been called the Milky Way galaxy as far back, at least that I've found, as the Egyptian Book of the Dead. So it is older than the Bible. The Milky Way galaxy's center is in Sagittarius. The last day of Sagittarius is December 21st, the day of death, the day that the sun dies. That's the beginning of winter. That's the first day of winter. So your land from the first day of summer till the first day of winter, that half of the year, that half of the heavens is your land of milk and honey. It's not a place on earth. 
Now he gave them lambs, that's Aries, and goats, that's Capricorn. They had the best rams, again, that's Aries, from Bashan, and the finest wheat, Virgo, the lady holding the wheat stalk. They drank the best wine, well, that's Libra, made from the juice of red grapes, again, Libra. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull, that's Taurus. Do you see how this is starting to work? Because I'm going to get a little more convoluted with it, but I want you to understand. I think so. I mean, they're re you're saying these are references to uh, astrology, right? Astrology. Not only are they references to astrology, but they make patterns in the sky. I'm going to start showing you that. Okay. Okay? So let's use the zodiac now, the wheel, to do this. The Mount of Olives. You're familiar with this, right? Of course. So Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so he could teach them a few more things. Pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Would you agree with that? Uh, that's what the Bible says, absolutely. Okay, good. The New Testament. So now, let's look at this. Passover takes place in Aries. Remember the Passover, March 21st? Aries, if you look at the zodiac wheel, is all the way on the left, right? I, yeah, as far as I can tell, yeah. Okay. Then right after that, they're walking to the Mount of Olives. Well, what did I say olives were? That was Libra, right? How do you get from Aries to Libra? They're opposing signs. You go across the wheel. So you go from Aries to Libra. Now you're in Libra. They're waiting for the betrayal. Well, who's the betrayer? Well, that's the sign right after Libra. That's Scorpio the Scorpion with the kiss. So you go from Aries to Libra. You're waiting for the next sign. While you're in Libra, he gives the parable of the true vine. And the vine has to do with grapes. That has to do with wine. That's Libra. So not only are you seeing a pattern here, but there's a very specific pattern. You will always see these. I will always show you these patterns. It's not like we're talking about Gemini, the twins, and then Libra, the scales that have nothing to do with each other. You will always, not only do these make patterns, but they will either go opposing signs or connecting signs. So if you're in Aries all the way on the left, your connecting signs are Pisces below it and Taurus above it. The, the uh, opposing sign from Aries is Libra. They will always make these patterns. Now, I were to show you this and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so this is Genesis 1 7 a big misunderstanding for people is that the firmament is a dome over a flat earth that's what a lot of these people will say that is not the case the firmament are the dividing lines between the signs now let me go back hold on what sign am I on hold on where am I 34. Okay, so if I go here to the zodiac wheel, you see these dividing lines between the signs? Yes. Okay, they don't exist in the heavens. You're not looking up and then there's like a division between them. They represent something. Okay, what the, what the lines represent are the first three days and the la or the last three days of the previous sign and the first three days of the next sign. It's when the energies hand over to one another. In fact, some people call them cusps. You might have heard that word. You might have heard handover dates. That's what they do. It's a six-day period where they hand over to each other. So if I go back here and I show you that the ferment is divided on between the signs, God made the ferment and divided the waters which are under the ferment. Well, there, here are the two waters, Aquarius and Pisces. So Pisces is below and Aquarius is above. The ferment divides them. This is talking about God creating the heavens. Right. This is the first right. this is the first two signs of it. Now, Revelation four, seven, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. 
The fourth was like a flying eagle. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo the lion. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. I have to explain the eagle to you. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. What is the first thing that God does to the serpent after the deception? Say that one more time. Sorry, I was reading the comments. Sorry, I said, what is the first thing that God does to the serpent after the deception in Eden? Uh, he tell, Doesn't he curse him, says you have to crawl on your belly for the rest exactly. of Exactly, he takes away his legs. Crawling on your belly is a punishment, is a low form of life on earth. In Mexico, during Santo de la Muerte, a lot of men dress up in suits, they dress up real nice, and they get on their hands and belly and crawl to church. It's a punishment. The evolved form, also called the ascendant in astrology, of the scorpion is the eagle. The eagle is the highest flying form of life on earth. Nothing flies higher than the eagle. The eagle will evolve one more time to make a trinity and become the phoenix. And what is the story of the phoenix? It's the story of Christ and the sun, the flaming ball of life that dies and is reborn from his ashes, is born again. So the eagle becomes Scorpio. So you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio in this revelation. And they are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. Now there's three different types of signs in the zodiac. You have your cardinal sign. That's why there's cardinals in church. Uh, each one of the zodiac signs can be broken down into three 10-day segments called deacons. This is why the church has deacons and cardinals. It's because it's all astrology. Now, your first sign in the season, because there's four seasons, there's three signs in to make 12. The first one is the cardinal sign. The second is the fixed. These are the four fixed. The third is the mutable. So let me ask you a question. Is it more realistic that there's going to be a four-headed creature in the heavens that does this, or it is literally just showing this pattern in the sky. It's just showing across. And incidentally, the lion is Leo. The man is Aquarius. These are opposing signs. The ox is Taurus. The eagle is Scorpio. These are opposing signs. I told you they're always going to make those patterns. Hmm. Does this make sense? Have you heard this before? Um, no, 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 I haven't. But like, what do you, what do you account for? Like the parts of the Bible that don't have this astrological. Well, there's 10 other sciences. There's 10 other sciences that's built into it. I just teach one. I see. Do you think that the Bible is is influenced wholly on astrotheology and astrology see, and that well, Christ was not a real figure? I would have had um I would have had a harder time um if it was just the Bible, I would have had a harder time being like, okay, maybe I found something, maybe I discovered something that's a little uh off the beaten path, but you know but no, because I found it in everything from the Sumerians to, to the Book of Mormon. These right. kind of patterns, these kind of alignments, these kind of keywords and, and patterns in everything. So the Bible's not original. I could talk about that for hours. I could talk about how the Epic of Gilgamesh um, has the complete flood story to the T, to the point where they talk about the bird that brings back the branch to show that the waters receded. Do you that know that, that the flood story has been distributed all through the world? Like there's uh, oral histories and things. There's like 20 different, 20 or 27 different instances of a flood myth all over the place. Right. So it's not particular to the Old Testament. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. But I'm telling you is, is that they, they took all the stuff from it. The punishments in the Old Testament. If you do this to a slave, if your daughter does this, then you pay this, then you do this. All that comes from the Code of Hammurabi, which I break down too. Um yeah. This but fall. that doesn't. But, uh, 
So what? So you're saying the astrology influenced the Book of Mormon as well, so that there's a astro astro theological. That's what I'm going to show you okay. in the second, in not the second okay. half of this, but in the right. second presentation. I'm going to take you through six thousand years of ancient holy texts and give you one example of each. Okay. Okay, but do you think that these people in the Old Testament were real, or is that all myth? No, so, they're, 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 well, save for a few. Okay. Um, so because uh, that this astrotheology is the basis for what's written in the Bible, therefore the prophets, Isaiah and uh, Jeremiah. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't real people. They're not real people. Like, like, real people like Nero, for example, who's real. Um, okay. Caesar was real. Um, there's a certain people that were like Pontius Pilate was real. Um, look, I'll put it to you this way. I have an eight book series out where I explain all this, but the way that I wrote it is I wrote it in like a Dan Brown fiction sort of way. Okay. My books are fiction, but within them, these characters have real names and they visit real places in the world. That doesn't mean that it's real. Understood. Right. So, I mean, so you kind of, uh, correlate your books to the new Testament, for example, though, like Paul and, and. Um, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, in the New Testament, I have broken down the, well, we're going to do, we're going to end today with the book of Matthew and I'm going to show you how it's okay. a pattern. Okay. I'm going to show you how it's a pattern. Um, interestingly it seems enough, like, a, like, it seems like you're dodging the question a little bit. Like, I'm, just I'm sorry, ask me again. Question. Do you believe that the historical Jesus in the New Testament was real or a myth? Oh, no. Like it, no. Okay. He's an astrological anthropomorphic allegory of the gotcha. sun going through Joseph Campbell's hero's journey through the 12 signs of the Zodiac, gotcha. just like every other hero in the past. You're going to find, gotcha. as I go through everything, that not only is this the greatest story ever told, it's the only story ever told. Gotcha. So it's just almost you. like he's an archetype of all the other astrological. Well, yeah, so, so the, well. the minor characters That's are so archetypes. The minor characters are archetypes. The major characters would be Jungian, I suppose, if you've ever read Carl Jung. Sure. Gone into is like the hero and 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 then things of that nature. Um, yes, these are these so, are so that's the same thing with Peter and Paul. So even the people writing these uh epistles, it's all fake. It's all to you. No, it's not that's... fake. There's nothing okay. fake about this. You're misunderstanding me. I'm not telling you, I'm telling you the book is not literal. I never once said that I don't believe okay, it. I'm just trying to understand, honestly. I okay, think so that I'm... you've made these correlations, Micah. I've let you talk, but I'm just trying to ask like the there's clearly obviously some kind kind of uh you know correlation between the language right wine and all this stuff between you and your astro astrology but there's also people talking like for example christ according to your view supposedly said the lord's prayer right which may not have many astro astrological things why why is that not some can you find like what i'm saying is i don't think you can find certain passages that that correlate to astrology there might oh, be 100 i mean that would be illogical actually absolutely this is okay. just one out of the 11 sciences right gotcha so this, it's, uh, right. so the so the old the new old and new testament as christians see it is really incorrect in the right way is to see it as a uh conglomeration of different kind of semi-esoteric practices and philosophies. Uh, what my, my point is basically that if you take this literally, you're literally missing out on how incredibly deep and incredible the Bible actually is. The Bible is the most incredible, 
deep, outrageously, mind-blowingly esoteric, amazing book ever written. If you take it literally, you're taking it on the surface level. You're missing everything. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had discussion with, like, you cannot read the Bible as pure literal. You, you, you just can't because it's a mix, a mishmash, just like you said. Right. But then what, what happens? You have to use apologetics to ascribe it. I'm using 12 zodiac signs to explain right. everything. And again, this is just one science out of the 11. Right. And my purpose isn't, my purpose isn't to, to get you away from it. I'm trying to open people's minds to seeing just how incredible the Bible actually is. I don't feel, I don't feel like that's the case. I don't feel like I, I, it's uh, what you're saying has diminished my belief in the Bible. I just think that there's pretty good evidence from the church fathers in the beginning of time that some of these people were actual real people. Like Peter knew somebody and baptized him, and then he became a church head. Like so, the 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 evidence of Christ is left in the New Testament. There's not that much of him. There's not that much. I mean, there's the the words that he said, which he said will not pass away. But there really isn't that much evidence. His brother is mentioned in, um, what is it? Uh, the the guy who became a Roman. Uh, what's what's his name? Now I can't even remember. But I read that in there. So. There's verbal stuff, but yeah, it's it's hard to believe that. So, so what would be the purpose of somebody for writing the Bible if it's based upon astrology? Was this kind of like... I'm going to get to that. Okay, so that's the next show. I'm going to get to that. and I'm going to get to that today. Okay. Please okay. continue then, sir. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So Ezekiel 10.14 is the same thing as Revelation 4.7. Each of the cherubim had four faces. One face was that of a cherub, the second the face of a human being, the third, the face of a lion, the fourth, the face of an eagle. And I could show you Ezekiel's wheel, the drawing, and I could break it down and show you the tetramorph, which is the four-headed fixed signs that we explained, the zodiac wheel, and how God was in the sun. Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay. A woman clothed with the sun is a metaphor, like most things in the Bible are, of the sun being in Virgo. Woman is Virgo, and the sun being clothed means the sun's in Virgo. If the sun's in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. So there's 12 zodiac signs, and there's um, 24 hours a day in a day. So by just simple math, the sun will spend two hours a day in each sign. Now, if you do the math and you find that the sun is in Virgo, that's between 4 and 6 p.m. when the sun is still out. So if the sun is up, the moon is at her feet. Not literally, because the moon is definitely up there too, but it's a metaphor. So if the sun is up, the moon is down. If the moon is up, the sun is down. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. On the left, you'll see the constellation Draco and its tail. The tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is one-third of the stars out of the sky, hence the tail sweeping a third of the stars out of the sky. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Revelation 7-4. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. I always find it interesting to think about, to, to hear what people actually believe the 144,000 is, 
Would you mind uh, explaining to me what you know it to be as? Well, according to Revelation, it's like a specific number. There are certain Christian sects that believe that only 144,000 people are going to heaven. Right, so, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah, so you know that. But so, uh, I mean, that's just based on Revelation, which there's a lot of different interpretations for. Right. Well, you got to understand the Bible was also influenced by the East as well, too. The Hindus, the Indians. There are seven chakras. The root has four petals. The sacral has six. The solar plexus has 10. The heart has 12. The throat has 16, which equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96 and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. 48 times two equals 96. The crown chakra is a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six, you get 96 plus 48 equals 144. Times that by the thousand, and you get your hundred and forty-four thousand. What they're saying is, when all your chakras are activated, that is when you get to go see God. I'm sure this is just another interpretation for you, but right, it's another interpretation. But I mean, is you is like, like, what's your idea of God? Do you think that it's there is a Godhead, or like, I mean, that's there what the whole God. there is a God. I can, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I would oh, like to. I would like to do something separate for that because that's okay. going to take me about half an hour. But I do have a presentation on that. Right. I do but believe- I mean, that's that's the whole idea of the Old and New Testament fused together is that there is an act of God and take it for the Jews for sure had a hand in their, uh, you know, escape or exodus from Egypt, right? So, I mean, that's their whole basis of their religion. Passing. Well, the idea... This is something that Anwar Sadat said to Menachem Begin during the 77 peace accords. The Egyptians kept meticulous records, meticulous records of everything, even their unflattering stuff. Now, compare it to nowadays, where people nowadays or, 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 or countries nowadays, they have their history textbooks and they're never put out to be the bad guys. They're always talking about how good they are. But no, the Egyptians kept all their records and there is zero evidence of Exodus in the Egyptian records. From the old Egyptian records, interesting zero evidence yes i mean but there's evidence for these writings to have taken place right the old and new testament there's evidence these are all different these are this this probably won't hit home until i do the six thousand years and show you this pattern through every single ancient old text they just change the story change the name of the gods change the name of the characters but it's always the same story Yahweh yeah, actually, Yahweh was actually an ancient Phoenician Canaanite god. Yahweh was chosen from other gods. Remember, Elohim is plural in Hebrew. El is it's, God, it's and definitely Ohim, plural. Yeah. And Ohim is putting an s at the end of it. Yeah, that's your bad, Mormon theology right there. That's like flat out thing is that there are multiple gods. Um, lesser gods, yeah. Yeah, and man can become God. That's actually kind of like a, kind of an occult, esoteric kind of view as well. But I, the, I think the Mormons, you don't become God until you uh, you have to pass away or whatever, be exalted or something like that. Well, if they do a really, 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 really good job, they get their own planet. Right, planet, multiple wives, the whole the whole thing. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, I I think. I think like you can find these correlations to theology in the Bible. You can find correlations to a lot. But I think my problem is is that if you take away those correlations, there's still a lot left there. There's definitely like a lot of teachings, a lot of parables, 
a lot of uh, stories, especially in the New Testament. There's all these epistles that are extant. There's, and we haven't even gotten onto the kind of non canonical texts, which uh, right you know, again, I, that, that don't other, that don't have an ast- astrological bent right, to them. Again, so. there's ten other sciences in the Bible. Right, right, right. That's kind of your go-to because that's what it is. It's so deeply encoded. It was never meant to be taken literal. Do you know that? Well, that I, don't, really, I don't. I don't think it was. I think that some of these statements are meant to be taken literally as like a teaching. Do you know like that the original you, Christians? This is pre-Constantine, pre three twenty five A.D. The original Christians, okay, were known as Heliognostics. That was the name for them. And in Greek, Helios is the sun, and Gnosis is knowers. They were sun worshippers. In fact, when Constantine united everyone, it was either on his deathbed or it was right after. Um, it was either before or it was on his deathbed. He was baptized. It doesn't matter because he had a nephew named Julian the Apostate whose works still exist. You can find Julian the Apostate's books. And if you read any of them, you'll find that within it, two things. Number one, he tried to bring everyone back to sun worship. Right. I remember. Number one. And number two, um, excuse me, um, he tried to bring everyone back to sun worship. And the other thing, too, is that Julian the Apostate, we think that the heliocentric model came from Copernicus in the 1500s. Well, Julian the Apostate, 1,300 years before them, wrote the very passage, the sun is the fiery chariot that the planets dance around. So he knew this. They had this ancient wisdom. It's been dumbed down over time. But the the original figured out, yeah, they figured out the earth was round and there was a sun. You know, they knew that back then, pre-Christ. Yeah, so, I I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting. I'm, 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 appreciate you taking your time and making your point and uh, i guess we'll have to do another show to you know make your other points but i think that there's other things in the Bible, like you said there's 12 or 11 other doctrines or whatever but the uh yeah i mean there's these are real people like people verified they met peter and like in the old and uh well the closest thing that you have um to verify would be josephus from what i understand which is 40 years after? 50 years after? Yeah, 40, 70 AD. Supposedly he was there, right? At the sack of uh, the sack of destruction of Jerusalem. So, right, which was 70 AD, right? And he talks about Jesus' brother. So he said that this guy, and then he mentions Jesus in there, says he was a miracle worker. And, you know, so, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's yeah, that, a, doesn't there, prove that, that doesn't prove that he existed. It just means that somebody made that statement. Yeah, that's it. We have Egyptian mummies, you know, that that are still around. There's no, none of these characters. You're never going to find like Isaiah's femur or anything like we found the king of England under that supermarket a couple of years ago. You're never going to find that. You're never going to find any of these bones or anything. The closest thing people seem to have in the religious movement is Ron Wyatt, who's a complete hack. What's Ron Wyatt's positions? I don't even know who that is. He's the one that supposedly found Sodom and Gomorrah. He found all these chariots uh, at the bottom okay. of the Red Sea. It's 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 this. These are metaphorical stories. These were these never happened. I'm not saying the wisdom in it doesn't matter. The wisdom in it does matter, but taking this book completely literally, you got to understand too. The other thing too is that Christians have to understand is that the Jews wrote the Old Testament, setting the stage up for the Messiah. The Christian Bible was written by Jews in Greek. They were called Hellenistic Jews to fulfill Jewish prophecy. 
the Muslims, okay, the Muslims venerate Muhammad, but they have a chapter in their book talking about how Jesus and Mary are so important to their religion. It all ties back to the to the to the Jewish thing. It's all the same story. It all comes back from the same place. Now the Jews have, and I get into this later. The Jews have all a lot of their stuff. I mean, <laughs> the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments come from the Egyptian forty-two positive affirmations of Mott. Three of the Ten Commandments, if you open up the Egyptian Book of the Dead, chapter one twenty-five, three of the Ten Commandments are actually literally right there. Interesting. You know, this is not an original book at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They, they found, like, the, I think some of the epistles of Paul were found, like, in, like, a church, you know, in between rocks and a church thing that had been sitting there. So Let me show they, you this. They found other stuff. Let me show you this real quick. There's a town in Israel called Megiddo, where a third century, that's the 200s, was found under a church. This was before Constantine United. It's one of the oldest churches known to man. In the center of the floor is the mosaic of the two fish, Pisces. Megiddo is also the root of the word Armageddon, which is where the war on earth and the rapture. Yeah, it's the plains of Megiddo, yeah. Right. But in the middle, they knew this. The, the Egyptians were, let me see if I can find this real quick so I could show you. Because this, this might make a little more sense. No, that's not it. There we go. The ancient Egyptians used to worship the sun in Taurus. There's hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun between its horns. They were the age of Taurus. The Jews are the people of Aries, the ram, which is why the Jews blow the ram's horn to the sky on the holidays. The Christians are the people of Pisces. And that is why they have the Jesus fish as shown below. This is a vesica Pisces. John 21. So Simon Peter climbs back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. This is when you intersect two sections. This is the Jesus fish. This is known as the Vesica Pisces. Pisces being the two fish, Jesus being the two fish. If I take this bottom part right here and I superimpose it up here, you get your two fish. 153 fish. The mathematical equation of the Vesica Pisces is 247 over 153. These are embedded wisdom stories. That's what they are. They're not to be taken literally. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, the literal kind of imposition on the, the New Testament is always kind of a little bit suspect. I think there, I think that there were real people. I think Jesus was real. I think Paul was real. I think the Peter was real. I think the 12 apostles were real. I think that the people they influenced are all kind of in the early Testament. Uh, so let me ask you, let me, if you now. think they're real, let me ask you a question. Is it is it actually logical to think that a spirit whispered into a young virgin's ear impregnating her? No, like parts of the Bible out there are not believable, like resurrection, miracles, the blind seeing, uh, resurrection of. Uh, well, the blind makes sense. Person. The blind makes sense. Let me I let mean, me do this. The blind seeing makes sense. Let me let me go into this real quick. But I mean, I they attribute to you know Christ Jesus of Nazareth the most amazing things available. He like went up into a mountain and talked with the, like uh, Moses and uh, 
uh, who's the other one? It was somebody else, but like talking to prophets who were supposedly dead. So there's a lot of there's t- there's stories in the New Testament that the modern eye or the modern materialist, Darwinist, scientistical person would never have a chance to ever believe is true. Ever. I mean, it's just not plausible for a person who's like a pure five senses to ever believe that. So, but you can't deny that there's, you can't deny that there's not an astrological cipher within. I can deny that, actually. I think that there are similarities. There's obviously, there's, you know, standard things people did. They drank wine, they ate bread, right? And so that's where reflected in this astrology from, from long periods of time. But to say that, that that's the imp, impute, actually, when you look at the Old Testament, particularly, like, there's no room for soothsayers. There's no room for what you talk about astrology. You you're basically, right. Why do you you're think good and Why do you think they tell you that astrology is forbidden? When it's one of the major bases of the entire Bible. And the Bible itself is... Because you shall have no other God before me. I think a lot of that is a kind of like... uh, He says, you shall have no other God before me. You shall have no other God before me. So are there other gods? Well, according to the, the Old Testament, there definitely were. There were all kinds of strange Molech and the ones we know, Beelzebub. So according to the human view, I, I totally believe that people thought there were other gods, demon gods and all that other stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that you have something, there's some correlations, but I don't think that that's the core of the Old Testament at all. And I think the historical view, I mean, it's it's a tough one. Like, how can you actually tell somebody to believe what like Christ was died and resurrected? That's the core tenet of Christianity died and was resurrected on the third day that's the hope like you have you become sinless by learning from what christ taught that's the whole idea of christianity and you have a hope and a resurrection like that's not part of the astro astrological worldview at all and i think people they've done all i mean what is the whole thing where christ is like you said he's just this kind of uh, archetype of the ideal you know man hero's journey or something like that <laughs> what's that view what was that movie that came out where they i mean they've i've seen that crowley used to do the same thing like he's just a a mix of all the old ancient myths of gods and stuff like that so i i I know i've heard all that stuff but it's interesting i mean we're at the hour mark i mean how do you want to wrap this up mike if you want to do a part two i'm i'm happy to do that and have you share yeah no that's fine you can be you can be in touch with me just reach out to me let me know okay do you have it where can people find your work your website I'm is... On, um, I'm at debunkmywork.com. Yeah. I have all this stuff on it. I have my social media. I have a way to email me. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can put a note in it. It goes to my email. All my social media. All this stuff, if you're interested in seeing throughout history. Throughout the beginning of written history. Right. There it is. Debunkmywork.com. I mean, you've done so much work. I mean, you've done nine books. You've got all these... You've kind of got the covered all of the esoteric ideas near-death experiences dmt it's all there and you have a child's book too a is for aries right so yep all right man thanks so much for your time i really appreciate it very interesting i'm not sure i have to ruminate on this but uh i'm not i mean my problem is is that there's so much like i've read the bible so many times there's so much in there that doesn't correlate to any astrological 
you know, correlations that you don't account for. So, I mean, that's, that, that would be my statement. Well, I do have uh, on my channel, I do have um, numerologists and things of that nature. I have other sciences on my channel. Right. I mean, I'd like to hear your ideas about Mormonism. That would be interesting. But maybe that's the next show. I'll make some notes. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Stay there. All right. He's good.